to the Sweeney Connection with your host, Chad Henderson. Howdy. That's me. It's, it's the Sweeney Connection. It's me. I wasn't sure who, who Chad was, so <laughs> thank you for, for letting me know. That's me. You're Austin. You're our guest today. Thanks so much for being here, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And of course, our co-host, Bob Cannon, as always. You're, uh, you're changing your intro. Here. I did, just I a little bit there. You yeah. went from something really professional to howdy. Howdy. Yeah, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, we're in North Texas today. I mean, right? We've got the tractor with the hay here, so. Yeah, that's right. Oh, do you, you do see we've got Santa Claus. I did notice that. We added Santa Claus. And this is my favorite. Not because of your beard, or, you know. I, I love the Condor Man plane. That's so cool. Yeah, I couldn't get it to the right scale, but it's, it's close <laughs> enough. You know, just need it's to all make about, sure that there's gum in there. That's the most important thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just all about the idea and the emotion. Sure. Yeah. Well, very cool. So, Austin, thanks for being here today, man. Uh, uh, just a little quick background on you. Um, you've been living with type one diabetes for over twenty five years, and you've made it your mission to advocate for the diabetic community wherever you can and uh lately that's been on on social media platforms right that's uh I, i've got it here everyday underscore t1d is that right yep that is correct and so we're talking facebook instagram all the goods pretty much okay very cool and uh, you have a bachelor of science in nutrition uh passion for helping and encouraging those with uh, type 1 diabetes and uh you've been uh, you were a camper here for 14 years and a counselor for one so you're pretty familiar with the grounds i would say just a little bit yeah but what was your last summer as uh, as a counselor i think it was 2017 if my memory serves me correctly 17 okay so then your first first summer here would have been like oh five it was oh four oh five it was one of the mini sessions okay that we used to have back in in the day the did you sessions. ever did you ever attend a winter session I did. Because um, we had those, I think the last one was 2007. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That might have been the last one I went to. Do you still have your polar bear plunge t-shirt? I do. I do have all <laughs> of my Camp Swing t-shirts that I've collected over the last 15 years, um, all in a nice sealed vacuum um, sealed case thing so you, they're were, all pristine were you one of one of those maniacs that decided that you'd jump in and swim out to the boat that i was oh, filming out of yep and yep, then they would get yep. out, they'd get out there and then they they'd panic because yeah. they were freezing then we'd have to pull them into the boat and it would <laughs> remember dis, that. disrupt the whole thing for 20 minutes yeah it was uh <laughs> and then i'd go back and say would well, just let them dip you in the water okay <laughs> it was Don't swim to me. it was me and nathan cartwright i remember very vividly mm. that um we both jumped in at the same time I rounded the boat and I looked behind me and no one was behind me. I'm mm. like, oh no, what happened? To, what happened? And it turns out he turned back around and just jumped right onto the dock. And then so I had to swim all, all by myself. It was very cold. It was a terrible yeah. idea. Those campfires were cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fire didn't do much. It was more <laughs> of camp. Yeah, those are rough, but they were fun though. They were a lot of fun. Yeah. Winter session was cool, literally. Um, so, Austin, you're here with us today. Sort of tell us what you're doing nowadays post-Camp Sweeney. So, my life uh, post-Camp Sweeney is very different than I thought it would be back in 2014, 2015. Um, so, I got my, my bachelor's degree in nutrition, um, and my goal was to um, take on the world and um, help all the diabetics that I could through through that means. Um, that didn't end up happening, so I ended up starting um, my social media everyday T1D 
maybe in 2017, maybe 2016. Um, and that had taken on a life of its own and it kind of gave me the into the world of marketing. Um, and I got really good at it and I wanted to pursue that in the best way that I could. Um, and it led to, um, a lot of open doors and a lot of jobs. Um, and so now I'm a media manager for an ad agency in Chicago. Um, I still live in the DFW area, so I don't commute every day cause that'd be, that'd be tough. Um, but I still do a lot of, um, diabetes advocacy and, and community events and everything, um, with everyday T1D that gives me my, my roots, my connection in the, in the diabetes community. Um, so I'm hoping eventually to, um, get back into the world of diabetes, but as a profession. Very cool. So <clears throat> maybe using those marketing skills and I mean, surely you, you probably went down the nutrition path thinking you were going to help the, the, the diabetes community, but, uh, maybe you're thinking now using your marketing skills and, and taking your social media, you know, to a different level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's where it all started. And that's where I, I started getting, um, the skills and the know-how, whether it's on the creative side or on the, the business side of, um, getting things, um, done or created in a, in a professional aspect. The ultimate goal for me would be to, um, Maybe not necessarily do that with everyday T1D, but um, be able to make an impact um, in another um, company or nonprofit um, mm -hmm. using the skills that I've acquired over the the last five or six years um, to impact the lives um, outside of my my uh, organization. And so we, we kind of touched on where you're headed. So let's let's go back in time a little bit. Um, I, I asked this to a, a, a previous guest on a previous episode, but, you know, going back to Camp Sweeney, do you remember your first time coming through the gates here at Camp Sweeney? Yes. Yeah, I, I do. It was a lot of excitement and a lot of nerves because I think I was only five, maybe six at the time. Um, so I was I was young and um, but I was I was really, really excited to be in a place where everybody else was just like me because growing up I was more or less one of the only people in my school or in my town that had diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so nobody else really realized what it meant to live with diabetes. Um, and so going to a place that's, um, chock full of diabetics is like, Hey, they, they get it. They, they understand me. Um, and so, I was really, really excited, and I remember getting into um, the cabin and getting everything set up with my parents, and then um, they're getting ready to leave, and they always tell me the story, and I love it. Um, they're like, uh, they told me I came running back to the the car to get, um, then my mom was like, she's like, oh, he's coming back to like say don't leave, like I'll miss you, blah, blah, blah. I get back to the car, and I'm like, Mom, I need my baseball glove. Where is it? And uh, gave me my baseball club, and I went and started playing catch with um, a random camper. Um, yeah. And so that was that was the the start of my Sweeney experience, and um, only went up from there. So you, you kind of hit the ground running, then basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I mean, they they live close enough, and like I want to be who I am today 
like whether it's the the person I've become. Um, but I, what I'm really thankful for is how independent they helped me become with with my diabetes and my management. Um, I know a lot of parents are very coddly with their their kids, especially when they're young, which makes sense. Um, you want to make sure your kid is taken care of. Um, but a lot of times they don't give them skills that they need to be independent because in however many years they're going to be out the door and they're going to be on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were very adamant about helping me. Like when I was four, I gave myself my first shot. Um, when I was five, I wanted to learn how to draw my own insulin. And so instead of saying, no, no, it's okay, they went ahead and obviously had supervision, but they taught me how to um, be independent and manage my own diabetes from a very young age, um, which I'm I'm very thankful for. Did uh, did camp? I mean, so you've had diabetes twenty four years, twenty five. Uh, twenty five on November twenty uh, fifth. So you okay? But fourteen years with camp as a camp as a camper. Um, how much did camp impact the way you deal with your diabetes and and help you in, in that regard, I guess. It, it had everything to do with it. Um, and the sense that I want to be as passionate and I want to be as comfortable educating other people um, without it. So without camp, I wouldn't know the first thing from um, what is an A1C what is, how do I count proteins, fats, and carbohydrates? Um, I learned all of the, the hard skills, hard skills, um, that come with diabetes through camp. Um, and I mean, not just that, but it's given me the community that I still have today and the passion to continue to grow that community. Um, and so without camp, I wouldn't have started Everyday T1D and I wouldn't have all of the friends in the, in the community that I've made um, from camp and beyond without it. So it's made all the difference. He's so sincere. I don't even have any smart aleck comments to yeah, come you, back with. You yeah, know? It, it would, you'd have to shoehorn that in. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, was there a certain thing about Camp Sweeney that, uh, you know, after you graduated, uh, was there something at camp that you learned or experienced that made you want to, uh, start these advocacy groups, you know, on, on a social media platform because a lot of kids graduate here and they don't have that 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 need or want to do that. What what was it about camp that made you want to do that? Um, I think the biggest thing was I in today's age where social media is so prominent, but it's a highlight reel of your day. I went to Italy. I went to X, Y, and Z. I did all these really cool things, but yeah. it doesn't showcase any of the the rough days um Mm -hmm. and a lot of times with diabetes um and social media it's kind of the same thing and so like you follow a lot of diabetes influencers diabetes influencers on social media and it's it's a lot of highlights it's like oh my blood sugar was 100 today um it was a great day blah 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 but it's hard to find people who share the, the rough days and like, I mean, last week my pump site came off in the middle of the night because I roll a lot when I sleep. It's 
pretty impressive. Um, it's like a gator, like, you know, when they chomp down, it's like mm-hmm. the death roll. Yeah. Um, that's how I sleep. Um, and it came out in the middle of the night and I didn't realize it until I woke up at like 8.30 in the morning. Um, my butcher was HI and I'm like, what's going on? I gave myself insulin because it's connected to me. Um, or at least my pump was on the case, but there's no tubing connected to me. So I was just giving myself an empty drip. Um, and so that's not often shared because people don't want to be vulnerable. They want to, don't want to show that they need help or they needed, um, they just had a rough day. Um, and so that's, that's my goal is to encourage people that life isn't perfect. It's, especially with diabetes, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have those high blood sugars, those low blood sugars. It happens. It's life and we're human. Um, and to encourage people that, um, as long as you're putting in the effort, um, you're, you're enough. Talking with Austin first on the Sweeney connection. And, uh, we're going to talk more with Austin right after this. Camp Sweeney is more than just a camp. It's a place where young people with diabetes can develop the skills they need to live long and healthy lives. Our campers participate in a program that offers them a wide variety of activities, including archery, swimming, challenge course, hiking, and canoeing. While participating in these activities, our campers build self-confidence, develop new skills, and meet people their own age who also have diabetes. And let's not forget, a session at Camp Sweeney is a lot of fun. If you'd like to change the life of a child by sponsoring him or her to attend our camp, please contact Southwestern Diabetic Foundation at 940-665-2011 or log on to www.campsweeney.org. We're a nonprofit organization. Camp Sweeney is where friendship begins and never ends. And now, back to the Sweeney Connection, a presentation of Camp Sweeney and KPFC-FM and your host, Chad Henderson. Back on the Sweeney Connection with Bob Cannon and our guest today, Austin First. And uh, Austin, we were just sort of chatting there during the break, and you said three words that I'm not sure I've ever heard before. Diabetic alert dog. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, well, diabetic is refers to someone who lives with diabetes. Um, alert is when you're telling someone that, hey, like, this is happening, and dog is an animal that I love. Um, but besides that... I have a diabetic alert dog named Hazel. Um, She is two and a half years old. Over COVID, I didn't have anything else to do. And I had always wanted to get a dog um, that was a diabetic alert dog, but I didn't have the $20,000 to shell out to get one because they're they're not not cheap. Um, And there are a lot of organizations that do... Um, help with with getting money and, and, and getting people placed with um, dogs that can do that. Um, but I didn't want to be on a two or three year waiting list. Um, and so I started looking out for a dog to see if I could find one because even if it wasn't going to be a diabetic alert dog, I wanted a dog. And there's no better time during COVID than to get a dog and um, have a COVID puppy, um, as a lot of people have found out. But so my sister sent me an ad on Craigslist and there's these really cute puppies. Um, and she's like, Austin, you need to go look at these dogs. I was like, okay, like I'll go look, but like, no, no, no promises, no guarantees. 
um, got down there, um, and I fell in love as soon as I saw, saw that dog. And, uh, I, I think he cost me like $400, which is in the grand scheme of thing, nothing cheap. Yeah. Um, and so I brought her home and I was like, she's, she's going to be a diabetic alert dog. Like I'm going to put in the effort, put in the work, figure out how to, um, get this to happen. And, um, everything is history. She's, she's the best. It took me, I mean, every day is still training, um, cause you have to constantly train. Then it's not like you flip the switch and it's done. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lot of constant training. Um, but she is so, so good at her job. Do you remember, um, Sarah Persoff? Yeah. So she's the camper from England. Mm-hmm. I remember her. Yeah. Um, she's probably 30 years old now or something, but she, uh, she has a diabetic alert dog that she named Sweeney. Sweeney. Yeah, I like that. Cool. I like that. Yeah. So how do you train it? Um, it's actually not that difficult. So the hardest part was the obedience. Um, that was the the most difficult part, and that's that's really still what we work on consistently. Um, but the scent training was the easy part. Um, so my dog's half Aussie, half Husky, um, and so she's very smart, so she picked up on it really, really quickly. Um, but basically whenever your blood sugar is at a certain level, um, so she alerts me, um, underneath 80 and above 150. Um, so I only trained her on lows, but when, when my butcher was like 75 or whatever, I take a cotton swab and I put it in my mouth and let it soak up the saliva. And then I put it in a plastic bag, put it in the freezer to freeze. And then I had this like little metal tin with holes punched on the top of it. Um, and you'd put it in there and then. Basically, hold it out to her, have her sniff it. Once she sniffs it and you can hear the sniff or feel the sniff, um, you mark it and then give her a reward. Something like high value, like chicken or uh, meat, whatever she your dog loves. Um, and then just rinse and repeat. And then once she got consistent at it, um, uh, instead of uh, rewarding her as she sniffed it, I would wait until she pawed at me. And then I'd mark it and then reward. So... Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat until um, they get to the point where they can recognize that smell um, off of you. And so, like you, I'd put it like by my knee or by my ankle because that's where the smell is strongest um, for for your low blood sugars or high blood sugars. Um, and then once they get to the point where they can alert alive, um, then you just make it harder and um, just it's got to be consistent and then uh they're good is a have you had a situation where she alerts you oh yeah all the time really yeah um so she is very good at alerting me at night which is predominantly why i got her um because i sleep through my dexcom and everything like that because i like sleep (laughs) um and i'm uh, very good at sleeping Um, but so she, she, not all dogs have the ability to wake up at night and, and do that. Um, but I got lucky with her and she, she's pretty light sleeper. Um, so when she smells it, she just jumps up on the bed and like, at first it's like a little pat, like, Hey, dad, you're low. But the more I, if I don't respond, she's going to, that pat is going to be more of a force. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually she'll jump up on me if I don't, if I don't wake up. Um, but it's, it's absolutely crazy what, what you can do. 
Wow. Um, and one of the sources that I used for YouTube and um, I have a friend that works for a company called MD Dogs. Um, they have a bunch of videos and stuff up there to to help you train. So it's it's pretty That's cool. Wild, isn't it? Very cool. That is wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, before we uh, sort of close this episode up, do you want to give us just just run down those social media outlets for us one more time? Yeah. Um, you can find me anywhere on social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, um, Facebook, you name it. Um, it is everyday underscore T1D. Um, and reach out if you have any questions. That's all I do all day. Not all day, but, um, but the majority of the day, I'll answer any questions if you need help, if you have someone who you don't know how to reach or how to get um, connected to, if you need supplies, um, let me know and I'll do what I can to help you out. And uh, also there's a reunion coming up this summer. Any, any plans? to? Oh, yeah. I will always be at a reunion, no matter rain or shine. Um, I'll be there. It'll be on the on July fourth, so it'll be a little warm. But it's always I'm hot. okay with it's that. It's always hot out of here at camp. So hey, there, yeah. I mean, after you spend a summer in August heat here, anything <laughs> is is easy. Yeah, you can do anything yeah. after that for sure. Well, Austin, thanks so much for stopping by today on this uh, episode of the Sweeney Connection, and uh, we wish you well. And we'll be following you out there on your social media platforms, and uh, we'll see you this summer as well. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thank you uh, for for having me. Thanks for coming. All right. For Bob Cannon, for Joe Langwell on the production, and our guest today, Austin First. I'm Chad Henderson. And Cam Sweeney, you stay connected. The preceding program has been a presentation of Camp Sweeney and KPFC-FM. No portion of this broadcast may be reproduced or distributed without the express written permission of Camp Sweeney. This is your announcer, Everett Caldwell, wishing you a good night from Camp Sweeney. You're listening to KPFC-FM 91.9, serving Kalispur, Gainesville, and the entire Sweeneyland area.